That's why I love it. <laughs> Man, drop that shit for these fuckers. It's gonna be alright. Experience will wait me. It's gonna get you right. Working, playing, bossing till we reach the light. Working through my past. Future's looking bright. The future's looking bright. And it's gonna be alright. Hello, Jasmine. I want to welcome you to the Whitney K experience. Thank you so much for being here today. Um, so today we're going to talk about reality versus fantasy relationships. Um, so how was your day? How has your week been? Um, my day has been pretty good. Week has been busy. Haven't been feeling the best, but we're going to kind of just push through it. So yeah, no complaints. How has your week been? Um, that's so crazy how we're so far away. It's literally been the same for me. Um, I, it's been a very exhausting week and, um, I have not been feeling the best, but we as women, we're strong individuals and we push through and we get it done. Uh, to start off with the show, we're going to play, uh, Would You Rather? And I have a few questions for you. So we'll start with the first one. Um, would you rather tell your boss everything about your last night or your mom? I would tell my mom. <laughs> I would That's tell my mom. Me and my mom, like, she's my best friend, so she Aww. knows a lot. So I definitely would tell my mom, you know, you know how I feel about coworkers and, like, mixing personal life with, so never my boss. I already knew the uh, answer to that question, but I just wanted to ask just to get a little kick out of it. <laughs> um, all right. So would you rather not talk to anyone or talk in depth to 10 people every day for a month? Okay, so if I don't talk to anyone, like, how long is it? Just a month? Yeah. Oh, I would not talk to anyone. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I think I'd rather go with that. Ten people every day is just way too much. I'm not that talkative. Yeah. All right, so the last one is, would you rather live without coffee or alcohol? Okay, I'm going to sound horrible, but I don't really drink coffee and I don't really drink alcohol like that anymore either. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm like a, a social, I'm a social drinker. So like I'll drink when I go out, but I, I'm going to say I'd rather go without alcohol because I do like sometimes to have, uh, at Dunkin' there's this, what is it called? It's their cappuccino blast in the mocha. It's amazing. And that has caffeine in it so I would rather do that than like drink alcohol any day so you switched your coffee up on me because it was you got me cooked on a I think it was like a caramel something with coconut yes. milk and I saved yes. that text you sent me and I'm gonna go back and get that beverage when I come down to Atlanta next month no I still get that that's still like my go-to <laughs> but when I'm like feeling a little fancy and I'm like I want to switch it up some then that's when I'll get the other one okay Fair enough. For me, it's coffee. I can go without alcohol. I don't drink like I used to, um, but I, I have to have my coffee for my job. Uh, all right. Well, thank you for answering those fun questions. We will move on. So tell me a moment when you got a reality check on a friendship or relationship. Like, um, what were your expectations at in that relationship before you basically realized that, like, not everything's, you know, rainbows and unicorns? Um, okay, so I'm going to do a friendship. Um, 
So I had a friend. We um, had, I moved to uh, Georgia when I was 16. And so she was the first friend that I met. And we were friends all through high school. So I moved here my sophomore year, friends all through high school. We kind of fell out um, senior year, but then like we reconnected and we became friends again, best friends, like sisters. Um, and I want to say in 2020, um, you know, when COVID and everything was kind of shut down, we ended up getting into uh, altercation. Now, it was something very minor. It was, of course, over the phone because everyone was at home. Yeah. But um, it was in regards to like children and how you raise your children and like kind of what you would do. And she started to attack me as a mom. Now, my friend um, or my ex-friend, she was not a mom and she's not a mom at the time. Um, and everyone knows or people who know me anyways kind of know that I am someone who prides myself in being a mom, but also has been a very hard transition to be like the person you are before you become a mom or the person you are before you become a mom. Yes. And like, and then being a mom is completely different. It's, and you have to get used to that. Like I had to get used to being mom Jasmine. And so she was attacking me saying that I had changed. I was different saying that um, I was Captain Save-A-Hoe because it was essentially like, would you like, if, if you were sick, would you, or if your child was sick, would you take your child from like their father to take care of their child, take care of your child? And I'm like, I'm going to always take care of my child. So yes, like I would die for my child. I would do anything to make sure that she is well. And it was like, as if that was a bad thing. Like moms are always trying to put themselves first and like take the bullet. And as a mom, like <laughs> that's what we're here to do. We're here to protect our kids. And so it was very like, just it hurt my heart. Like, because we were beyond best friends. And the fact that she was attacking me so heavy, um, it just didn't sit right with me. So we kind of, I had to step away from her. I had to remove myself from that group chat. And I really just had to reevaluate like what our friendship is like, because if someone ever says something to me that I don't like, I'm not going to attack them. I'm going to pull them aside and have a conversation with them. And I tried to have two separate conversations with her. And it was very much a, you're being sensitive. You're in your feelings. It wasn't that big of a deal. Like you should know where I'm coming from. Um, you should know that sometimes I might talk like that and you should accept it. And um, that wasn't acceptable for me. And so in that moment, it was very hard because I realized that we were not friends. Like you don't speak to your friend a certain way. You don't get uh, offended when, when you've hurt their feelings and when they've set boundaries. And so it really was like an eye opener, like, dang, we're not, we're not friends. Like you're not my friend, like I thought you were. And so I feel like that was a, a moment where I realized who a friend is to me or who a sister is, because that's what I considered her as, to me is not the same to other people. And I realized that she didn't view me the same way because I would never speak to her that way. And I would never get offended for her telling me what the issue was and setting her boundaries. Right, yeah. I'm really sorry that that happened first and foremost. Um, wow, that's pretty painful. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good one. Um, for me, you actually witnessed firsthand um, my reality check when it came to two people that I was very close mm -hmm. to uh, during my wedding. I already talked about that on my friendship breakup uh, episode. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, but I guess like since I already talked about that one, like that was the most hurtful. Um, I'll just say in general, like it's no one particular, I would say all like um, all my friendships 
you learn that um, you learn to be patient with each other and you learn that uh, for me, I'm going to ride or die for my friends or family. I'm a very loyal person when it comes to that. And sometimes um, life happens and I guess like me as a person, like I guess my situation is a fantasy versus like reality. I watch a lot of TV as a kid. I'm going to be honest. Like, I watched Sex in the City. I watched, um, that was, like, my favorite one. I watched Girlfriends. And you know how, like, even Waiting to Excel, you know, like, how you call your friend and, like, she's always available. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, something simple like that. That is not how it goes in reality. People have jobs. People have lives. People have friends. Uh, people have relationships. And so um, I had, my reality check was that, like, they might not always answer the phone right at the moment you need them to, but they call, but what's important is they call you back and then make sure that you're okay and they check in with you. And as we get older, um, like I feel like, I don't know, like I've heard so many memes about this, but you literally have to pencil in your friends. And I didn't understand that before, but now I get it. I literally have to check my schedule to make sure yes. <laughs> that I can just like have a moment, like hang with my girlfriends um, or just like others in general. And even my husband, like, I feel like I have to pencil in him too. Like, you know, mm-hmm. as like a fantasy um, of like what I imagine a marriage would be like, you know, not necessarily we're always together, but everything is gravy. Things are easy. Mm-hmm. Marriage can be complicated. Like relationships can be complicated. Um, mm-hmm. I've been with Rain for 10 years now. And um, I love him to death, but it's like trying to balance, um, like work in my career, trying Mm -hmm. to pursue my acting career, trying to put together this podcast, trying to make time for him. And sometimes we might not get it. And sometimes like I do have to put things aside, but at the end of the day, um, I will say that I do appreciate his support as my partner. Um, and my friends understand what's going on that I can't always be available either. So I saw it firsthand when I was on the other end. Um, yeah. Since I brought up like the movie and shows, what would you say was like your favorite movie or show as far as like what you would have liked it to be as far as like the ideal, the perfect friendship or relationship? Oh, that's a hard one. Okay, let me think. Um. Okay, so I was not like someone who was big on, you know, like watching TV shows or watching like movies. But I think that in regards to um, relationships, the one that I think that is the most similar, it's like how it truly is, is I'm going to kind of piggyback on two. So one is going to say, I'm going to say The Notebook. Um, And it's kind of like, why I'm going to say The Notebook is because you have an idea of what life is supposed to be like, right? With this one person. But someone else can come along and it can be a fulfilling life as well. Mm -hmm. And so I think that for me, one thing that like that taught me is that there's more than one person for you, but it's just about how much work you're going to put in. And now if anyone has has seen the movie, if you haven't, you just go watch it. But her heart, because she wanted to be with Noah, like no one else could kind of like top him once she saw him again, like after all those years. Um, And so I feel like that's kind of reality, like you choose who you want to pour into, who you want to make that connection with and love. Then I'm also going to say um, love and basketball. 
Um, because I think that there's something that's so special in becoming friends first. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of times in relationships, um, when you go to like the romantic, you don't really see people talking about how important it is to be a friend to your partner. It's just like, oh, I like him. Oh, I love him. Oh, you know, they're attractive, whatever the case may be. But it's like, are you friends? Because I feel like when you create a friendship, it makes that relationship last a long time because there's a different level of respect. So I feel like I've kind of pulled from both of those to show um, what I kind of want a relationship to be like. And I feel like that can even kind of go towards like a platonic like friendship, Um, that there's certain expectations. Like I want you to be a genuine friend to me um, and know that if I'm putting in work to this relationship, you should be doing the same thing and it'll be prosperous. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. So that sounds like basically what an ideal relationship as far as like a friendship or like a relationship, you just called it, was basically um, basically putting into each other and having a respect mm-hmm. for each other. And um, that's a big thing for me, too. Um, and I learned that sometimes like it's not fair to have all these high standards on mm-hmm everyone however that doesn't mean you should lower your standards to where like you just go along with anything either (laughs) this is this is true yeah so I, I like that a lot um all right this was a really good conversation I just want to thank you again for your time um yeah and I mean I love it like reality versus fantasy I think we get a reality check on everything even Mm -hmm. like life would it be like if you have like a kid (laughs) would it be like when you get married would it be like when you start a new career all of that so I think that it's good for us all to be grounded at the end of the day um and then can you tell my audience where they can follow you Oh, if you like, I know you're like a, you. You want to be a mom, a blogger, organizer. You do a lot. You're super talented. Oh, thank you. Um, well, I have an Instagram, so it's um, Jasmine Haynes. It's J A Z M E N E Haynes is H A Y N E S. Um, that's my Instagram. Um, I do need to start back blogging, so we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. But um, that's where everyone can find me for now. All right. Well, thank you again, Jazzy. And um, I love you, girl. Thank you. Love you, too. You are now listening to Life Inside the OR Scrub Tech segment. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Scrub Tech segment. Um, So, Michael Deshaun, today we're going to be talking about reality versus fantasy career. Uh, That's what we were discussing in the episode before we went to the segment. So um, the first question I want to ask you is, how did you think your career as a scrub tech would be? And what were your expectations of that versus the reality that you did get? Mike, you want to go first? Okay. Uh, Sure. Uh, Honestly, I didn't have any expectations of my career as a scrub tech. my my career as a scrub tech is purely just something that I that I do to support myself. It is not my career of choice. My career of choice is for all, forever and always will be a soldier. Like I loved being a soldier. That was my that was my life, my dream. But I also am self aware enough to recognize that I am a combat soldier. I don't do well in peacetime, which that is currently what we are in. So. 
uh, when I when I uh, got out of the military, my father gave me a great piece of advice. I was looking for something to do, and I was going to use my need to use my GI Bill, and he said, "Go medical." Somebody always needs to be put back together. That is a job that will never decrease in in need, and will only go up in demand. So, here I am. That's some good advice. Mm-hmm. Um. So when it comes to my scrub tech career, um. I honestly didn't even know this job existed, to be honest, <laughs> to be completely honest with you. Uh, I had reclassed in the Army from uh, EOD to this, and uh, it was upon, like, doing a little bit of research and, like, you know, watching videos and stuff. I, I kind of fell in love with it. I was like, oh, you know, because I've always had an interest with the human body. A&P has always been my jam. Um, so when I finally was able to, like, see all of the stuff that I had been studying over the years, it was... It was really mind-blowing, to be honest with you. Like, I didn't think I would ever make it this far um, doing this. Like, I really gave myself, like, all right, I'm just going to do this while I'm in the military. And then once I got out the military, it was, all right, I'm just going to do this a little bit longer until I get my degree. So now I'm I'm traveling, making decent money, and I'm like, ah, I kind of like this shit. I'm trying to see what else I can do, you know, within this field and see where else this job can take me. Okay, I like that. Actually, Deshaun, um, my my introduction into being a scrub tech is very similar to yours. Um, I went back to school and made the decision to start over because I was a performing arts major and a film and television minor, and I wasn't consistently getting work, and I needed to pay the bills. And I was just overdoing customer service, so I went to a career counselor, And I was like, what can I do? Like, I do like helping people. I've always been interested in anatomy, physiology. But um, anyway, so um, she showed me a scrub tech. And I was like, what is that? Because backstory is I originally wanted to be a cardiologist. I've always been fascinated with surgery. I used to watch all the docuseries on TLC and Discovery uh, Health Mm -hmm. back when it was like before reality TV. I found out that I could still be in that world, but just not be the doctor, Mm -hmm. but assist the doctor. So I thought that was kind of cool. So I, I'm in a period where I feel very uncomfortable because I'm still learning, I'm new at it, I've been doing it for a year now. And I, I get excited, like even till this day, like I'll be in a room and I'm just like, damn, like I can't believe this is what I'm doing mm-hmm. now. And yes, a survival career, but it's also something that I, I actually enjoy, I, I like my job. Mm-hmm. And surprisingly the stress that comes with it. But anyway, so I thought that was kind of cool. Yours is kind of similar to mine. So yeah, so does your, um my next question is how do you cope with um like the reality of being a scrub tech like you know it's not always it's never really glitz and glam actually and sometimes it can get pretty intense in the or room as you all know like how like what are your ways that you cope i cope with with that coffee and dark humor (laughs) a plethora amount of dark humor a lot just i sprinkle the dark humor everywhere um, but honestly, I just chuck it up to life. Like, you know, there's ups and downs, you know, because like, I've been doing this like for, like I said, 10 years. So I've seen a lot. I, I, <laughs> I can't say that I've seen everything, but I have seen a lot. I've seen, you know, people cut in half. I've seen infants face ripped off by canines. I've seen car accidents. I've seen gunshot wounds, stab wounds, burns. Like, I've seen a lot of crazy stuff. And to cope with it, to honestly, to be in this field, you have to be different. 
Like, I remember talking to one of the physicians, and she was like, we're all really just one genetic code away from being psychopaths and being like a, a Jeffrey Dahmer. And I'm like, you know what? I've never really thought of it. But, like, once you take the time and kind of think about the stuff that we see and, like, just, you know, kind of go over it, it's like, okay, well, I can kind of see where she's coming from. Like, because personally, from my experience, I always like the, the trauma cases. So, like, car crashes and stuff like that. Just because it was cool to see them put people back together, but as I said that statement, putting people back together, it's, you know what I mean? So it's it's, right. it's different. So like I said, coffee and dark humor, man. you just got to take the up to the down. I like that. I definitely drink a lot of coffee now. Probably still a lot less than you guys. <laughs> Hold on. You no, no. Mike drinks a copious amount of caffeine. Me on the other hand, I go down there. It ain't that much. What are you talking why, about? Uh, why, why, why y'all fronting on me? I ain't, I ain't drink that much Girl, damn caffeine. No coffee, no caffeine to stop Damn, away. Michael. Right. I've never seen it anyone is. drink as much coffee as you. It is, uh, it is only 50 ounces at work. Maybe. I, I, I ingest about 3,000 milligrams of caffeine a day. He's not fronting. That's a lot. The Starbucks people personally know him downstairs at the hospital. Would you say that your coping is the same, like dark humor, um, lots of coffee, and probably working out? Uh, I'd say less, like, it, it is dark humor for me, uh, but less dark humor and more just shit talking. Right. You do like uh, that a lot. <laughs> I, I I like to I like to challenge people with their uh, their preconceived uh, their preconceived notions of authority and power, uh, especially in our job. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of what our uh, like don't get me wrong, surgeons are incredibly smart. They are most of them, most of them are incredibly good at what they what they do. There are some shit doctors out there, not gonna lie, but most of them are incredibly good at what they do. But a, a lot of them fail to see the actions that take place around them. I can state confidently that not a single surgeon knows the parameters required to sterilize an instrument to the standard where it is safe to use on a human person. I can personally state that not a single surgeon knows how to set up their back table in a sterile manner to prevent harming their patients and and that is one of the things that that gets me through my day is being that person that provides that coverage yeah. ba ba basically facilitating what what needs to what needs to be done to uh to safely perform surgery because anybody can cut can cut a leg off it's not that hard you tie a tourniquet get a saw they used to do it on the battlefield it, it, it's not that hard, but to do it in a manner that is going to be conducive to uh, longevity of, of a patient's not only life, but happiness is, is where us, the scrub techs and the nurses and the EVS people come in. That's that. That's what it helps get me through the day and talking shit while I do that. That's that's just because I'm, I'm going I'm going to talk some shit. Yeah. Got to let them know. Hey, big dog. That's it. You make the big bucks. Understand that uh, since since I'm a traveler, you're the only person in here that get that, that makes more than me. Just let me know. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about your resident. Residents are people. 
Oh gosh. Okay. Well, there you have it. Um, for me, I would say definitely um, if I've had a really shitty day or an intense experience in the OR, definitely I would say my coworkers. Like pretty much you guys, like you know, you know when I'm going through shit, we talk about it. I vent about it. We all talk shit. I might have a coffee and then I go back in and then working out helps me. So I would say that like talking shit definitely the dark humor helps and it's so important for me that um like we have people that we can relate to that does what we do because you know like no lie like it's kind of hard um when i come home and i might like i can't talk to my husband about the things that i talk to you guys because or even my parents like anybody that's not in the medical world like they're not gonna get it so um, it's just nice to have those people to relate to. Yeah, you can't just be bringing up that uh, that butt abscess you popped in the middle of the dinner exactly. table with That's, normal that people. That goes back to the dark humor. <laughs> like nobody's gonna understand you unless you're in the middle of the right. scene. Right. So. Definitely. All right. Well, thank you for sharing your perspective and your experiences. Um, you're welcome. Anytime. See you next time. Did you have a good talk? Yeah, I know you needed it. See your confident walk. Uh, I see you feeding it. Working out all that stress. Life don't take no rest. You just give your best. Head up, poke that chest. Perfection won't take no less. Uh, it's the Whitney Show. Tune in, it's time to go to a different flow. State your claim in this life and how it resonates. Control the day, not a later date. It feel like you know me. Talking about love for the scrub take homies. Washington all the way to the dirty. Breaking ceilings, never getting 30s. Dreams, ambitions, choose your topic. This combo, you better cop it. Attention, you need to lock it. Whitney, take off like a rocket. Music, act. And watch a rocket shake life up, jump out the pocket, kick indoors, no need to knock it. Record time, you know she clocked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.